Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Episode 62 of the Sexplanations podcast. I'm wondering, are you sex lucky? This is based on an episode of the YouTube channel, Sexplanations, and uh, revisiting some of those things that we look into in our lives and we're like, oh my gosh, that's sexually related, or that's such a coincidence, or check out that subliminal message that my subconscious didn't see, but now I see. Hi, Logan. Hi, Dr. Doe. How are you? (laughs) Great. How are you? That was an amazing intro. (laughs) I want to introduce you as well. So this is interesting. We are Facebook friends, and it sounds like you were my student. In 2007 or 2008. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my gosh. It's been a while. And then we saw each other at VidCon because I was trying to take the shuttle back and forth from the convention center to the hotel. Um, and you were there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm a Zula person. <laughs> <laughs> Help me navigate this <laughs> Southern California world. And you said, I'm Logan, and I was also your student. <laughs> and then I saw that you were my Facebook friend, and I messaged you, and I said, hey, want to talk about this stuff? Many moons ago. <laughs> yeah, but um, so you were just telling me before we started that you came from working on your van, and now this is actually what I want to talk about. <laughs> Tell me about your van. Um, so I'm working on a series called American Vanarchy. Um, my background is, is in music festival design. So I design large scale music festivals and concerts. Um, so it was even doing that when I was a student with you, but basically I've had this, I guess, uh, just urge, I think like many people do to just travel. And I've been trying to figure out how to incorporate that into, you know, my profession and sort of this interesting, weird, creative outlet for me just to be strange. So I started writing down these ideas and, um, Eventually, um, Michael Gardner, who also works here, um, a close friend of mine, recommended that I go and chase down uh, the Montana Film Department. And they, uh, after months of writing and, and chatting with them, I was awarded this grant to basically start this series called American Vanarchy. Um, so I'm starting out with six episodes, and we start filming hopefully next month with a bunch of different co-stars coming in. My first co-star is Sosie Bacon, Kevin Bacon's daughter, who has an HBO show and trying to get Jeff Bridges on board and a bunch of other random people just go be weird with me on the road basically and get into these sort of backcountry stories and get into the woods and run around and play music and just be strange basically. <laughs> there is so much going on in my head right now. <laughs> but yeah, so I was out there working on the van today and installed a shower and solar panels today and all kinds of weird things. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so, ex- so do you want to know why I'm super into this right now at this very present moment? I would love to know. (laughs) Yes. Um, So over the last couple of years, I've been thinking about the idea of taking Sexplanations on tour, specifically to do in-person sex education for communities that don't have as much accessibility. And uh, really recently put together a think tank online so people can support the podcast through Patreon. They can also support the YouTube mm-hmm. channel via Patreon. And I asked the, my patrons directly. Yeah. I said, can any of you help out with this? There were 20 of them that volunteered to put on this think tank that just problem solves everything involving the tour. Yeah. And now we're looking for RVs, to vans, you know, the whole gamut um, to get me around the country. Yeah. And I have been... <laughs> 
obsessively looking at these motor vehicles, trying to figure out how to do it. And it's yeah. so exciting to me that you're going to do the very same thing. Yeah. Well, and it, it's, it's really cool. Like on that same note on like what you're trying to do and like, especially, you know, having this sort of closed unit that can go around and even do the podcast, I think internally in there, that's kind of the idea with this as well. Mm-hmm. So the whole van actually is rigged with audio um, equipment so that we can basically record mini concerts on the road. And then the can whole, I see it? yeah, yeah. And the whole back of the van actually opens up into like a 180 so that it's enough audio for about 200 people to do pop-up concerts. So the whole back of the oh van my is, God. A, is a PA system. How about this? <laughs> what if you just got rid of American van? <laughs> <laughs> and we hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> hey, I'm <done>. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, how long are you going to do it? Um, I mean, basically, this first season is sort of proof of concept. I just want to make sure I can produce something high quality and figure out sort of my own sort of comfort in front of the camera and, like, how that interaction works, you know, because I want everything to feel very natural and candid. You know, I don't want it to feel staged, especially if I'm bringing in these folks from the entertainment industry. I don't want them to be like, all right, can you, can, can you say that again? Can mm-hmm. you say that again? Like, I just want it to be us having fun on the road. Um, but basically, I want to get these first six episodes done. And then there has been some interest from MTV Digital, um, which is a big, long shot still. But uh, that's that's the hope is basically that I can really do this full time and the first official season being like the Pan-American Highway. So starting at Alaska all the way down to the tip of South America and doing these crazy road trips around the world and ship the van with me on freights and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, pretty much. I just want to stop what I'm doing and support you. <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> like, please give me your equipment and time and expertise and come with me on my trip. It's It's been an adventure just figuring this thing out for sure. I mean, my, my guys that are helping me build this thing, I, I think are about ready to kill me. <laughs> but they've been amazing throughout the process for sure. Oh, so you've been hiring people. I've, I've had help um, just because uh, – American Vanarchy is one of five companies that I own. Um, so I have that and a medical marijuana dispensary, and then I still design concerts, and then I have a small tech company and a vacation rentals that I manage and a bunch of stuff. So Who this are is... you, and why did you take my class? <laughs> <laughs> I try to figure out who I am every week, I think, like the most, like the rest of us. But uh, the, the van thing is – is really where my heart is at right now and trying to figure out this creative outlet that I've needed for a while. I love all my other gigs that I have. Like, you know, I love the creative process of cannabis and being able to work with people. And, you know, I have tons of cancer patients and MS patients and PTSD patients that I get to interact with on a daily basis. And, you know, the concert thing has been an amazing outlet for me. And Montana has been really supportive of me um, for 11 years doing that. But I think it's just time for me to find my sort of next step. So that's where this whole van creation sort of has culminated from, essentially. So, yeah. so in video lingo, you're going to be the talent? Yeah. Um, so I'm writing, directing, producing, and um, then working with a couple folks, your friend Michael. Um, Aranda? Yeah. Uh, and his I company. like how you move yeah. your hand across <laughs> the side of your head. <laughs> To gesture his bleached, his, his, yeah, his beautiful quaff. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but helping um, produce a series with his company um, called Elevated Destinations. Nice. So I'm really, I'm really think that you know, video and sort of uh, background production and helping sort of bring resources together. Um, you know, as far as YouTube is is sort of, you know, the direction that I see myself moving into. 
Um, so everybody that's been, you know, in, involved, you know, from, from VidCon as a resource and Michael and his team, um, you know, has been, have been amazing as far as just figuring out my next moves and what the hell it is that I'm doing. <laughs> so yeah, you're already surrounded by all the people that are helping me. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. They're very helpful people. They are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well then seeing your van is on my to-do list. Like, Hmm, I wonder what time tonight I could come to this van. Well, it's it's hopefully going to be ready in the next couple of days. Like we're in the finishing what? processes, so as soon as it's done, I'll just swing over here for sure, so you guys can check it out. It's, well, my it's so close. My destination this evening is Lolo. Gotcha. So I have a book club. Gotcha. With some girlfriends, it's going to go from six to eight, and we are reading Ethical Slut, and then at eight, I'm going to drive to Lolo. Awesome. Well, yeah. we could probably make that happen then. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll be in touch. Um, all right, so on the other topic of sex, for me, Sex Lucky looks like going to a garage sale and getting this whiff of energy that in one of these weird-ass boxes, there's a sex book. Or over here, there is a, a sculpture or something that is sexual. Or looking at a... I don't know, a display of some sort, someplace, somewhere, and there's something that's conic, so it looks like a vulva, something that's phallic that looks like a penis, and these things just come at me all the time. Yeah. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like you have no filter. <laughs> which is, which Everything's I, sex. Which I can completely relate to. I definitely surround myself with people like that are not offended easily, I think, when it comes to sexual, you know, humor or, you know, just any sort of connotation in that realm, I guess. <laughs> so I totally understand where you're coming from. <laughs> you think that it's a lack of, like, restriction or censoring that I... But I think that's a good thing, yes. I think I think you've been in that, you've, I mean, this is like your world has been like, you know, as far as educating people, you know, that's how I first got introduced to you, obviously, as my professor in this realm. You know, and like being surrounded by that topic for so long, like I think that wall and that barrier, and that was one thing that I learned in your class is that communication, you know, surrounding sex and, you know, being able to be as open as possible with your partner. And that's the number one thing when it comes to having a relationship with somebody. So I think, you know, if, if that is such a major educational basis of what you're teaching, obviously that's going to apply to your personal life and those filters on a day-to-day -day basis, just kind of get wiped away, I think. And I think that's a, a beautiful thing for anybody to have, for sure. So you think that the world is that sexual and other people just don't see it? Absolutely. Ooh. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we've, I mean, I think that's a really fair statement. I mean, people are very closed-minded and don't want to communicate about those things. I mean, even you gave me the two, two topic options just right off the bat here, mm -hmm. and this being one, and oral sex being the other one. I mean, there's a pretty big comfort level between those two to even talk about. And I chose an easier route to speak about with you. Like, and I'm even open about talking about sexuality. So just that oh, right off the bat, I was like, let's go that route. <laughs> <laughs> let's go that route. And, I'm, and, and again, like, I have no problem talking about sex, you know, but I chose the easier route of the two. Now I want to explore your psyche and and figure out where your walls are. Oh, shit. Can I say shit? <laughs> I mean, I, I I want you to feel comfortable, and I'm also really curious how that is a conscious decision for you to to say, okay, talking about things like sexual luck, yeah, is favorable to oral sex. Oral sex, Logan. Absolutely. 
What about it? (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time that you were in a situation and something benign you realized was actually sexual? It looked benign, but then you're like, oh, my gosh, you yes, guys. Yesterday, like yesterday, like any – any like just scrolling through social media and just the silliest of memes that can pass, you know, throughout your timeline, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, like take that and it just turns into that realm immediately, I feel oh, like. Do you have an example? Um, you're going to get out your phone? Do I have to? And start scrolling? <laughs> Where was the one I saw yesterday? Do you think it correlates to how often a person thinks about sex? Absolutely. I mean, again, but I think I, I think if you're if you're, I guess maybe not actually, because we have we have those barriers set up, and a lot of times you could be thinking those things, but obviously if 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 that sort of censorship is is set up within your daily life, you're not going to vocalize it or express it to somebody else, mm-hmm. but it might still internally be in there. Absolutely. I don't know. That's really tough. Okay, what if we took it out of sexuality and yeah. put it into something else? So it sounds like you're a musician. Are you a musician? I am. You are? Yeah. How so? <laughs> I'm a percussionist. So I play like traditional Latin and African music, but I've played in a bunch of different funk bands and I DJed for a long time in Montana. Okay, now I really like need you to tell me how you ended up in my class. Um, I don't I don't know, but after the fir- the first class I like I I would sit at the top uh, the top middle mm-hmm. um, between the two sections and I think it was the first or second class and you started passing out dental dams and all these toys and crazy stuff Me? throughout yes absolutely and so I was in the middle of the of the the top middle row so all these things started circulating around the room and then culminated right in front of me <laughs> so I had this giant pile of just like sex toys and dental dams and condoms like all this stuff just did a pile I was like this is the weirdest class I've ever participated in and sat there for the next like 30 minutes making this weird giant like latex monster at the back of the room. <laughs> Why did like... I miss out on this? <laughs> so that was like, you know, I think that was day one or two in your class for sure. I wish you would have raised your hand. Like, Lindsay, I made you something. Look what I did. <laughs> oh, I love that story so much. So yeah. Another... Yeah, that's sex lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so music. Yeah. You are a percussionist, and you do Latin and what was the other one? Uh, Latin, African music, but that's sort of um, been integrated into different funk and jam bands that I've played with and electronic groups and uh, orchestral, you know. My last band was an 18-piece, you know, sort of Bjork meets Radiohead sort of baby thing that we had. It was all sheet music and all bunch of beautiful musicians. Yeah. So if we say that your mind thinks a lot about music, mm-hmm. right, then if our our hypothesis is accurate, that would mean that a lot of the things that are seemingly benign in your world, you connect to music. Okay. And do you feel like that's the case? Absolutely. Um, so there's a wall behind us. Don't look yet. It was originally designed for a podcast called Holy Fucking Science which was also a visual podcast. So people would sit on the couches where we are and they would talk about different research studies going on, current events around science, and try and get the other participants in the podcast to say holy fucking science because whatever they mentioned was so (laughs) mind-blowing. And the set behind us is a whole bunch of trinkets, just 
random objects um, put in little tiny boxes up on the wall. And so we're both going to turn, and I'm going to look for a sex association, and you can look for a music association, and whoever comes up with one first, just make a like a bark noise or something. I win. And then we'll talk about it. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Go. Go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that tests our hypothesis. Maybe we're just really. I think it it helps. I mean. Okay. So what is, wait, let me see if I can think of which one yours is. Is it the balls? No. Is it the glass um, laboratory tube? No. Is it the slinky? Oh, what is it? <laughs> the megaphone. Oh, I don't even. Oh, there is, is a megaphone. megaphone. So that one, and then the, the desk, balls. desk balls. Yeah, the toy up there. So I went that because they make noise. Uh, yes and no. I mean, so those are in in a in a synchronized time. So it's kind of a metronome. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So that keeps time, and then obviously the megaphone is kind of. I think it semi speaks for itself. So mine, there's this plushy coil snake. Over here, it looks mm-hmm. like a sperm. Um, and then when you said yours and I looked your direction, there is the naked person sculpture. Those are pretty obvious. Yeah. But I bet I could make an association for for, any, for anything up there. Yeah, here. yeah. It's but not again, like so again. Sexual. I mean, but you have that many more connections, and obviously, like your background is in that space, so you can pull something out of the ether that is like so obscure that somebody, you know, with a simple explanation, you could be like, oh, yes, this and that and that. That weird mustache guy looks like a partner that I had five years ago or something like that. You know, and somebody would be like, oh, oh, okay. So Interesting. (laughs) But okay, so when I think back to the video, the reason why this whole concept came up for me is because there is a t-shirt that said MUD on it, M-U-D, for the Missoula Demonstration Project. Missoula Urban Demonstration Project. You know MUD, where yeah. you can – it's like a tool rent, library. Rent tools, yeah. yeah, they're so cool. Yeah. And I had her, their T-shirt, and I was um, in my dance class in front of the mirror, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and backwards it reads cum, C-U-M. To me, that's not like mm, pulling shit out of the ether. No, no. That's like, <laughs> wow, I have a shirt that says cum on it. <laughs> How does that cool stuff happen to me? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think that one is for sure We're going to be, be right in front of your face. Absolutely. But I think you're. it seems like you're diving into like as far as like a day-to-day thing, like some sort of, you know, sexual connection that could be made with some like random foam board. Mm-hmm. Like I obviously I don't think like the 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 normal person walking down the street can make some sort of connectivity with that. Um, you know, but I think, especially with an educational background, that there's there's a whole other story there that could be that could be made with anything. But the I don't know, it's it's a really odd concept, but I totally see where it's coming from as far as that connectivity. I think your perspective on it is amazing. <laughs> it's it's way more um, sensical to me than what I came up with in the video okay. because I think what you're saying is that. I just have more neural pathways connecting things back to sex. And so obviously it's going to find its way there. And then being an educator and having that just worked into the way that I express myself in the world, it just makes sense that I would 
have a like a sh- a sharing knob on Absolutely. me that's like, whoop, share that with share that. Yeah. Like, Thank now, you for making me sound back. so much more poetic than I actually. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I was trying to say. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now I just want to do word association with oh, you. Man. <laughs> Do you want to do music version or sex version? Uh, we can do the sex version, I guess. Let's see where that goes. <laughs> so is this where you say a word <clears throat> and then I say the sex thing that's related to it? Yeah. I guess that's actually how it would go. It could be that or it can be any object. But I think the word association. Okay. If you say an object, I will tell you exactly it how be it's anything. sexual. It could be anything. Yeah. Potato. Ah, uh, that was an interesting <laughs> one. I wanted to say like, oh, yeah, f- food, pervertible, use it as a dildo. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I don't know about that. Uh, what else is with potatoes? Uh, a type of reproduction. Um, I can't remember what it's called, where the potato has a potato that has potatoes. Like they just, um, potato I, don't, I don't think it's sexual reproduction, right? It's asexual reproduction. Yeah. Yeah, and then the difference between asexual reproduction and asexuality, where one is that you don't need another set of gametes to reproduce, and the other is the absence of experiencing sexual attraction. Seahorse. Oh, God. Oh, Have you ever seen a male seahorse give birth? That's why I brought this up, because somebody oh. told me, educated me on seahorses just the other day, that the, the male seahorses actually give birth, or mm-hmm. at least... Yeah, something no. along mm-hmm. those lines. Ah, uh, mm, that's something that I that. Ugh. Did I just strike a serious chord? Well, here's the thing. Professionally, I'm really sex positive. I try to be at least, and the judgment goes away. There's this really great great quotation from um, one of my mentors, professors, about how, as a sexologist, she doesn't judge one sexual behavior or lifestyle over another, the same as a botanist wouldn't judge daisies over roses. Mm-hmm. That being said, when I see a seahorse giving birth, <laughs> it is sex repulsive to me. <laughs> How many seahorses have you watched give birth? Just one. One was, <laughs> one was enough. It looks like a zit is being popped with an endless amount of pus. Jesus. That is uh, filled with baby seahorses. <laughs> so, oh my. Ah. Okay. <laughs> um, dust bunnies. Dust bunnies. I mean, that makes me think of my bedroom and whether or not it turns um, my partner off if there are dust bunnies on the floor while we're having sex. And then I assume no, because we're having sex. <laughs> But there's probably a better connection. Um, I mean, I think that was pretty good. Oh, do you know Marcel the Shell? That's like original YouTube. And you're going to be a YouTuber, so you need to know this. (laughs) Marcel (laughs) the Shell is a little tiny shell that is animated. He wears shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about for sure. And he has a dust bunny. Yeah. That is his pet. I that's not, that's not sex about. related, but it's YouTube related, which is explanations related, which is sex. <laughs> Door hinges. Um, that makes me think of the the um, what's it called? Sex swing that Adam and Eve gave me, which goes over the top of a door, and then you close the door and lock it to keep it in place, and um, 
It doesn't really relate directly to hinges, but definitely to doors. (laughs) Yeah. All right. How's my brain working out for you? I mean, you're you're making the connections that we were talking about. I mean, because they they gave you one or you bought one? They gave me one. Due to your background with sexplanations and being yeah. a professor on campus. Yeah. Therefore, I think that theory's starting to connect there. Oh, yeah. You've yeah. already proved your hypothesis. <laughs> I think proving a hypothesis is fairly easy, though. It's, what is it called? Disproving the anti... What are the null hypothesis? I like anti-hypothesis. Antipathosis. Yes. It's not antithesis. No. It's it's a null hypothesis. It's disproving a null hypothesis, I think. It's been a long time since I've been I trust you. I'm just going to keep saying therefore, and maybe my hypothesis will just be that much more true. Okay. So here is an example of how we could test this. I don't think that your brain is as inundated with sexuality as mine is. Agreed. You, you nodded. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're thinking about sex, the act, more or the same, but I don't think you're thinking about all of the directions of sexology. I agree with that. So we'll switch it, and okay. I will come up with an object and see if you can make the association as quickly. Okay. Uh, okay. First of all, too, I want to say that the uh, our episodes are dedicated to the people at Sexplanations Patreon page. So patreon.com slash Sexplanations podcast to all of you for supporting this channel. Thank you so much, especially Bon, bon? Ben, Donna, the Millers, and Paul. So <laughs> this free association <laughs> attempt is for you. Uh, sunscreen. Um, lathering somebody with sunscreen of, you know... I was going to say the opposite sex, but that's not fair to say at all. Uh, Anybody that you're attracted to that you want to lather with sunscreen before getting on the boat or going out to the beach or anything like that. Because that's a sexual experience for you? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I mean, how many many movies over the 80s and early 90s has that been in, like where they're at camp and like rubbing on the suntan lotion? I have not seen these movies. Oh, come on. Nope. I haven't, what but I'm it? very excited what's, about them. What's the Bill Murray one? Porkies? Nope, haven't seen it. <laughs> but this, it brings up for me how many times I've offered to put sunscreen on friends. And you didn't know what you were doing. Well, that's not <laughs> true. Like, I know that it could be taken that way, but I mm-hmm. also think that sunscreen is important. And if you don't have a person to put it on you in a sexual way, maybe you need a person to put you on, put it on you in a non-sexual way. Agreed. I'm going to... Start making sure my dad's the one putting my sunscreen on from now on. <laughs> Wait, what was that association? <laughs> to make sure that there's no there's there's a, a major sexual barrier there. Oh, okay. To make sure it's a, That's a funny. family figure. <laughs> uh, scotch tape. Scotch tape. Um, really weak bondage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, terrible bondage. <laughs> And it would stick to your hair. Sort of. Scotch tape doesn't really have a lot of adhesion to it, so it's not going to be that bad. It's just going to be more awkward than anything. You know what I think of with scotch tape is how um, we did this episode about bad sex education, and one of the sex educator sex educators uh, educators I should put in quotation marks. N- neither of those things are real. Is um, they would tell their students that. 
the more they had sex was like the more you use a piece of tape. And so they would put the tape on the wrists of the girl students and pull it off and like then then put it on someone else, et cetera, et cetera, and show how over time it like collects all these dead skin cells and they're no longer clean and uh, not viable partners. That is horrible. I know, right? <laughs> how was your sex education, Logan? Mine was great. There's still plenty of things from your class that I applied today. Absolutely. Oh, Will you tell me will you teach me something I taught you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think the the main thing, and especially with our university having such a sort of dark sexual sort of history. Yeah, you know, it does. I think that your class, you know, I know that your class, at least um for, for plenty of people that took it, like again, just to reiterate what we were saying I was saying before, like communication with partners. Mm, yeah. Um and I've had plenty of partners over the years, like that get really uncomfortable with how blunt I can be in asking questions. And I think that has been a really great sort of um, tell if that is, is a potential partner for me or not, you know, and if there's if there's sort of a longevity in that relationship. If they're not comfortable talking about those things, that's been a really great sort of meter for me in mm. my life, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> I just want to like print off a certificate of completion or something for you. Good job, Logan. You've succeeded in this world. You've asked for what you want. Uh, how about Fern? Fern. Um, when I think of Fern, I always think of the ones like I don't know if there's I, – I can't necessarily make a sexual connection to a Fern. But for me, like I always picture – um, the 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 ferns that are really curled up and mm-hmm. like fuzzy and roll over. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know. Ferns for me is actually like a dark, darker connection. Quite honestly, rather than like making, a BDSM connection. No, not even anything sexual. Anything sexual at all. Like just like I, I lived in West Virginia for a long time, and I uh, lived in the woods, and I was in rehab out there years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we always, I always woke up next to these big curling ferns. Uh, and so that's always been sort of my connection. Like I love ferns and I oddly know random facts about ferns. Like did you know that there's a species of fern that has more biomass than everything else on the planet? No. Combined? What? Yeah. This one species of fern. I can't, of course, remember the name of that species of fern. But it's biomass. It's weight across the planet weighs more than the biomass of everything else combined. No. Yeah. Yeah. Ferns what? Are, ferns are cool. <laughs> now I just want to I want to know but also I don't want to know because it makes me feel similarly to the seahorse yeah yeah <laughs> we're just expelling things like a population let's not talk about ferns <laughs> so nothing sexual not not with ferns no I can't make the connection there what is that would be that would be a really fern? far reach I would be really trying for that one so I don't think it's really genuine spores maybe I spores think yeah spores which is odd because I think there's plenty of plants and flowers, obviously, in the animal kingdom that you can make these, you know, even visual connections with as far as sexual connections. But for some reason, fern's not in there. Yeah, like having sex in a plant area or making aphrodisiacs out of plants. I am fern empty, though, for real. I can't think of a sexual connection right now. Yeah. Well, that's a thing. Fern, who Fern. knew one thing that was going to take over the planet has no connection to sex for either of us. Okay, one more. Um, lightning. Lightning. I guess 
for me, I mean, I really like sexual experiences in storms for sure. You've had one. Yeah. Or not not necessarily like out in a storm, but like, you know. <laughs> hey, baby, this yeah. is so hot. Watch how hot it is. <laughs> not necessarily in a storm, but, um, you know, like, I don't know. There's, there's obviously something really romantic about like having sex, you know, as it's thundering and lightning around you and being able to like open up a door or a window to your room, something along those lines. I think there's obviously a romanticism to it. Mm. Yeah. West Virginia. Yeah. Or were you not having sex in West Virginia? I was not having sex in West Virginia. <laughs> How was that? It was horrible. Was it? <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I did. I is did, that true that you didn't have sex, or it's not true? I did. That it no, wasn't I did. Horrible? I did. No, it, it, either way, it was horrible. No, I did. I did have sex in West Virginia once, but it was it was very very difficult to to pull off at the at the time. <laughs> ah, but the not having sex. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah. For months. I haven't gone for a long stint without sex before. I, I mean, pre, what was I, 15 or 16 when I started? Yeah, as well. 14, 15. Yeah, but then this was like shortly after that, I guess. Because I, I left home when I, at, uh, right before I turned uh, 16. And I went straight to West Virginia for a couple of years. So I was out there in the woods doing mountaintop search and rescue, one of those rehab programs for months. Wait, you were celibate for years? No, for probably like I say it like what? Yeah, no, but prob- people do that all the time. Probably around like I mean, close to close to a year back then. That was that was definitely that has to be the longest stint since I lost my virginity. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> were you able to masturbate? Um, yes, but <laughs> but like, I have friends who have gone without any sort of sexual release for. More than uh, I, I'm going to say, ten years at this point. Holy cow! Mm-hmm. No masturbation, no sex. No, <laughs> like no. Yeah. But no. Uh, I I I I hope that's going well for them. Yeah. Yeah, but I I no I, I couldn't survive that. <laughs> I mean, there are large communities that practice I, that. Absolutely, I'm not debating that. And I wish those communities all the best. <laughs> by no means ever going to be part of my life going 10 years without a sexual release. This is what my brain just did. It went, oh, like priests and nuns. And then I went to, oh, there's this, uh, I think it was in China that I saw this. It was a wooden pillow, a pillow made out of wood. And it had a compartment carved into it so that from the side of this pillow – you could pull out a drawer, and in this drawer, there was a wooden dildo. So this nun was getting her rocks off. <laughs> and or getting other nuns' rocks off. Is it fair to say that that, sort of, that type of celibacy is almost always going to be connected to some sort of religious background? I would, like, it's got to be over at least 90% of that's going to be the connectivity to that. I wonder. Or cultural. Cultural, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I bet we could do some research and find out. In my experience, yeah. it's either involuntary, like the person wants to be having sex but they're not, mm-hmm. or they're celibate because they're trying to reset. Yeah. Some, like, I just had a bunch of sex with this person. I need to just, like, 
and that's certainly brain. that's been my experience in any any recent years. Generally, it's after some sort of you know really rough breakup or something like that, where mm-hmm. there's a lot of pain involved, and that's generally the last thing on my mind. But you know, yeah, most of the time, I would say the voluntary celibacy, uh, longer term voluntary celibacy, is religiously affiliated. Yeah. Now I'm just trying to think of more word association, but I guess we're past that at this point. I mean, if you have, but I went, but I know, but I went right back to vegetables. Like my first one was potato, and then I went back to like carrot. But I figured carrot was too easy, and I need to get away from from food and vegetable items. I heard that Japanese carrots are much larger, and so they're um, more penis shaped <laughs> than the ones that we have at our supermarket. You are so incredibly bizarre. <laughs> and also, here's the other carrot association I go to when we were. Taught, I don't know who taught this to me. I have no idea actually where this came from. But I think in my human sexuality class, we were taught that the clitoris is the size of a baby carrot. Like that was the language that was given to me that I used for a long time before I went to a conference and was educated deeper to learn that in actuality, you have the clitoral head that you can sometimes see mm-hmm. if you lift up the hood. You have the clitoral shaft that may be the size of a really baby uh, carrot, small baby carrot. And then you have a much larger structure that's on the inside that runs the length of the labia mm-hmm. around the vagina. There's like roots that go down there. Mm-hmm. So that's my other carrot association. Other carrot fact. <laughs> you could pretty much give me any vegetable. <laughs> and that's kind of what I figured. There. I'm like, I get away from vegetables. I feel like that's low hanging. Fruit. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I was thinking, or fruit, because so many of them are considered conic or yonic in that they they look like a vulva. And then, yeah, then my brain goes to oysters and how they're aphrodisiacs for the same reason. It's called the, I think it's the Hawthorne effect, mm-hmm. where if something looks conic or phallic, then we think it's got sexual powers because mm-hmm. of its appearance. But then where does chocolate come from? Well, the, co- the this goes for the oyster, too. The oyster yeah. has zinc in it and all, all these nutrients gotcha, that gotcha, are going to gotcha. make you feel better. Yeah. And chocolate. Um, but that's just kind of like the first direct connectivity that we have for it, if, if, yeah. being an aphrodisiac or something like that. Chocolate looks conic. Have you seen the – am I thinking of the same thing? Like they're bright red in the pot. Oh, you're right. Yeah, like a, as, and, as cacao or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, before I guess as, as it's raw. Yeah. But also – it is said to trigger the same part of the brain as an orgasm. So for me, I try to stockpile on dark chocolate because if <clears throat> I'm aroused and I don't have a sexual outlet or I, I want to have sex even though I could do other things to, to get off, mm-hmm. I will eat chocolate and it will kind of soothe me for that time. Noted. Yeah. So now, whenever you see me eating chocolate, it's because I'm trying not to come temporarily. Walk, walking down a street corner, just piling chocolate bits. Oh, they're so wonderful. And it makes no sense to me when people don't like it. Because then I wonder, do you not like coming? You must be celibate. <laughs> Who knows? See all these thoughts that go around in my brain. You don't like chocolate. Are you a nun? <laughs> oh man, I think that nuns totally. Mm. Were you in the class with when the nun came to speak? Yes. Well, uh, I don't know if it was there was a nun that was there, but 
okay, so again, your class actually helped spark a beautiful relationship that I still have today. To, I like that. Um, to uh, Esther and Raven um, at the uh, Pagan Cover. <gasps> Um, oh, because, and I still tell people this story. Oh, that, my goodness. So in your class, like, I remember um, – I don't remember, you know, uh, what the other um, churches were. I believe you had, um, you know, a Catholic church present and then – It was different every semester. So yeah. every semester I would have a clergy panel and invite yes. different clergy members to come and speak about sex and religion. But it, So I believe there's three men and then there was Esta from the pagan church. And, identifies as a witch. Yes. Yes. Um, and I remember, you know, uh, the the students were asking questions to the panel, and I don't remember, you know, what the first one was that that I sort of, you know, this this interesting sort of moment between all the clergy members, but it was something along the lines of like, "What are your thoughts on gay marriage?" Mm-hmm. And I remember all the men on the panel, very simple, you know, no. We do not agree with that. No, we do not agree with that. And then it got to Esta. And she knew these beautiful, you know, historical references to every one of their religions, <laughs> plus five or ten other ones that she could correlate just to that one question. And, you know, sort of drew these beautiful pictures of like, this is why it's okay in, you know, the pagan church. And at that point, I was just like, this woman is genius and she's amazing. And like, you know, and not to say that she made these other clergy members look like shit. But <laughs> she did. She she was just such a beautiful speaker, and she was so poetic and so just so well spoken um, in getting her point across. Just because at first, when you meet her, you know she has facial tattoos, and she was wearing I think she was wearing a black headdress at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it, it's obviously very very simple to make you know those quick judgments on someone like that. You know, and then as soon as you speak to her, you're like, holy shit, like, Mm -hmm. this is just an amazing human being. So since then, um, you know, I've uh, became great friends with her and Raven over the years, you know, and and have gone and done some volunteer work out on their farm in Miller Creek. uh, And we still, you know, chat, you know, at least weekly or something like that. So that actually was a connection made from your class as well. Yeah. Whoa, Logan, (laughs) I had no idea. And I love hearing these stories because when you tell them to me, I was there, but mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. It's, you know, so many things happened over the years in so many different ways. Yeah. It's, oh, now, are you still teaching the classes? I'm not. Gotcha. That, you know, that's the dark, the dark of the university is that they, they haven't figured out their relationship to healthy sexuality. Yeah, for sure. But now you're doing this and reaching even more people. So, yeah. Yeah. High five. <laughs> We're awesome. <laughs> and, and you know, parts of the university <clears throat> are awesome. No one came in and told me that I, I couldn't do what I was doing. It was a bold class. I mean. I'm going to take that as a compliment. It, Thank you. It, no, it absolutely is. I mean, but those those are the classes that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was a waiting list from to, from my knowledge, like mm-hmm. every, every semester. Yeah. I mean, that says something. Yeah. You know, and people weren't, you know taking it because it was some sort of necessary requirement, like a math class or a science class or something like that. It should be. It should be. Um, But people were taking it voluntarily because people were coming out of that class more educated and genuinely enjoying the class. So, I mean, brava to you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you didn't have a nun, but you had a witch. Yeah. And that, that was good. That was a good one. She was an amazing witch. She still is an amazing witch. I wish we had YouTube back then. Yeah. Well, or that I had known about it because 
to record those classes in particular would have been so powerful. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, one of the first ones, a student walking up to the stage and handing a note to the only clergy person who validated his sexual orientation and then walking out. And back then that was that was huge. Yeah. That was huge for him to be out. It was huge for him to to do something publicly to to take a stand. Yeah. Yeah. And and each time the clergy panel came, there was some experience like that that was mind blowing. I talk about one um in the Explanations YouTube video about asexuality where the clergy members were asked about asexuality mm-hmm. and you could see that it rocked all of their brains on the topic of sexual orientation because now it's like, oh, wait, you're not attracted to anyone? Mm-hmm. That That's not bad, okay? <laughs> if, if that's not a <clears throat> choice then wait a minute, homosexuality's not a choice? Like, it was amazing to see all of them have to wrestle with the idea of sexual orientation yeah. when it does serve them and when it does... Anyway, yeah. Those good old days. So I'm going to go on tour <laughs> and we'll do sex education in the in the flesh again. and oh, we'll, we'll see each other. We'll do, um, like, a, a concert. You can do a concert and then... Uh, I'll do some sex ed. Deal. We'll like meet someplace in Missouri. Because <laughs> that's the place to meet. <laughs> well, I'm trying to, as like one of the characters I want to visit, the, the film department suggested that I go find. He's this guy that lives behind the gas station in Lincoln, Montana, in a shack. Hmm. And he's the world championship horseshoe thrower that just lives in some shack behind the gas station down there. So can we go talk to him about sexual orientation and music? No. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's great. Those are like the people that I like really want to dig out of the woodwork to like just have these bizarre conversations with and see how uncomfortable it can potentially get. Oh, I want to give you woodwork people. Okay, yeah. we'll talk about that later. Um, let's do kegels. Feel your kegels if you're able. Main squeeze. Okay. <laughs> okay. So... I would like to do them where the the way my friend Jonathan described them, where you just draw your genitals up into your body and you're just clenching them and holding them in, in space. Like you have wrapped them up in your hand and you're just going to coddle them there nice and tight and then relax and let them back down. Mm-hmm. So you probably just did one. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's do it again. This is we're all doing this as a group, so hopefully the listeners are doing it, and we're working our pelvic flooring to make it stronger, so that we don't pee ourselves or poop ourselves, and we have better orgasms and less pain during childbirth. This is a great Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. Good. Okay, that was the whole point. Let's do. That. Are you going to okay. guide us through this again? Is this, yep. Okay. Okay. So we're going to push all the way down, so that everything is as relaxed as it can be. And then almost like we're picking up laundry off of the floor, we're going to scoop it up with our arms all the way around it and then lift it up, 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 engage the asshole, vagina if you have one. I don't know entirely how it works with a penis. (laughs) Or intersex genital. You just draw it all in and squeeze it real tight. Hold, hold, 
Hold, hold, hold, hold. Okay, relax. So anytime you do laundry, you think of Kegels. I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sure, Kegel. (laughs) Yes. Oh, anytime. It's so good. It's it's like the one form of exercise I'm doing right now. I need I need more athleticism in my life right now. It's really hot out in Montana. Um, Okay, so yay, we did a workout. And the last thing we have on our plate is extra credit homework. Assignments are not always bad, so here's some extra credit. Do you have an assignment you would like to give our audience for the week between now and when they get to listen to the next episode of the Sexplanations podcast? I'm going to keep rolling with what I've brought up twice now as far as communication with partners. Okay. So maybe if you have a partner, if there's been something that you've wanted to incorporate into your sexual life with them, ask them or talk about it. If it's something that you haven't spoken about yet that you've been wanting to talk about, make this the week to actually speak about it and communicate. Whoa. That's a biggie. And if they don't have a partner? If you don't have a partner. um, Tell us in the comments. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be your surrogate. Oh, I also hope people will play the free association game that we did to see how fast their brains network to sexuality. I like that. I'm going to play that at dinner tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Not with my dad. (laughs) And when I come see your van, I'm just going to shout, Fern! (laughs) (laughs) Then your brain's going to go right to sex. (laughs) My goal be achieved. And you know that that really is, like, I guess the upside of us bringing up, you bringing up a fern this time is now anytime you think about a fern, that's where it's going to go now. Yeah. So now we have the sexual connection to it. This awesome conversation. (laughs) It's been fun. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Thank you also to Callie from Cinema Studios, to Complexly for production, and Count Boogie for the jingles, and Cora and Parle, I'm Still Learning. <laughs>